assuming are. you're recording. I don't know. You never know, do you? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. This, this <laughs> podcast, you'd never know. <laughs> you never know where it begins or where it ends. Yeah. Or, or if it's endless. Yeah, it's so, all the ground. We're very excited about this one, and we're excited to hear about your travels. So. Yeah. My, to my, Mark's fantastic journey to the Consumer Electronics Show 2018, which was held uh, recently in, in January in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, the atmospherics, literally, I'll just tell you, uh, 200,000 people, oh, uh, which is extremely unpleasant. Were you the loudest uh, one there, though? No, I was actually the most docile and also one of the wettest. Wettest? Uh, oh, no, that sounds bad. This is Las Vegas. Okay, so you'll have to explain that well, later in uh, no, child-friendly no, or family-friendly hey, terms. Is, I, I've, told this, I've told this to my nine-year-old. They had uncharacteristic, uh, uncharacteristically bad rain. In the 35 years I've been going to Las Vegas for CES and part of that Comdex, which I first went to in 1980 or 81 when Ziad was like 10, um, I think this is the first time I, I've experienced just awful rain. And what I've learned is, uh, well, first of all, it, what they said on the news, about 130 days of no rain preceded that. And they don't understand how to handle rain. I have forgotten so the, how long Mark can babble. Well, look, it's a podcast. They're, they're, they're not, they're not doing this. You're endless. They're not, yeah, yeah, I'm endless. You are endless. Sorry. It's like a bad recording. Um, so who are you? I'm, I'm, still, I'm still burning uh, to, know, to hear yeah, so about, about Comdex, what, yeah. what yes. was, yes, sorry. what okay. do you remember the most? Like, give, give us just one little, being, being little teaser yeah, uh, one yeah. device that's stuck in your mind that's that's yeah. wow. And and don't talk till you get to the end of my uh, recording tape here. Oh well, you know, it's it's tapeless. But um, <laughs> so it is. But CES had said, I, I would say several themes. The one that's nearest and dearest to my heart was everything connected. Now the problem with everything connected is that some things that are being connected to the network don't need to be. So this notion of connected washing machines and dryers and vacuum cleaners and everything talking to everything is compelling at one level, but everything now has a separate little iPhone app to talk to the vacuum cleaner and all that stuff. The, Let me interrupt one. you. Actually, quick question. I'm of sorry course. I'm going to interrupt you, and, and I know there are people who listen to this. That all, again, all, I think we're up to six or seven now yeah. who hate the interruptions. Thousand. Thou, six or seven thousand. I guess, right. Right. By the way, the sarcasm doesn't necessarily play well <laughs> everywhere. Um, but that's aside. Um, when everything is connected, how do they, do they have a common communications medium? Because we, we saw no. a company pitch yesterday in front of uh, Boston Harbor Angels who that was proposing, I think it wasn't a single fob to do the connections, Ziad. And my question is, and he was a, it was, it was quite, yeah, is it, are they, I'm sorry. So, Mark, does everything have its own phone connection or what? How do they work that? Well, so everything connected primarily over uh, Wi Fi, uh, you know, so uh, connected home where everything yeah. kind of connects in to its own uh, silo. So, if you buy all of one brand from a, you know, like let's say a Samsung, so if my washing, washing machine and dryer and all of my home appliances are from one, uh, vendor, then presumably, just like with Google with Nest, you can have one interface uh, per vendor. But, you know, again, I, I saw... Oh, yeah, so go the, back to your story. I interrupted yeah, you. We yeah. want to get back to this. That's okay. Sorry. So uh, <laughs> everything connected, especially in the home, is theme one. Yeah. Massive, unbelievable TVs is 
uh, a recurring theme every year. Uh, they get more uh, beautiful, vivid, and thinner and larger every year. Hmm. Uh, and so you are literally, the minute you walk into the main hall, you are accosted with uh, extremely large paper-thin televisions that uh, you just don't even understand how it all works. So yeah. what's the thinnest now? Like, is it really paper thin? You know, they, it's like almost wallpaper. Yeah, like a painting. It, yeah, they, they look like paintings. And what they're doing is, and I think in the case of LG, uh, who had a, a very a gorgeous display, is they're taking the electronics out of the TV oh. box and they're... they're smart. Uh, run, yeah, you got to be smart. 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 You got to be smart. smart. Uh, and they're, but they're running the, the, they're taking the brick out yeah. and that's, that's being put somewhere down. So it's a video brick now instead line. of a power brick, a video brick, right? Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's a, it's a, 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 a control unit brick all oh. in. Huh. Uh, I, so, yeah, so what do you have this ugly wire well, going up your wall or is it wireless? Well, it's not wireless. So you'll have, they, uh, in fact, LG had a display right at the front of the hall there where, You know, paper thin seven they seven a, inch they had TV. a display of a display. Ha <laughs> ha. Exactly. Very good. Uh, and <laughs> the, early you in could the morning. see what do you want? that's okay. <laughs> they had they had a uh, kind of a very thin wire that ran down to this control unit that was you know placed. But and they they pointed it out and they tried to actually you know artfully build it into the uh, installation. But uh, presumably one would hide that or it would be behind your wall if you were mounting it. Well, so, I know Best Buy has, I'm sure everyone, Best Buy now sells something that you used to only see at Home Depot and Lowe's, which is right. those cable runs that you, Best Buy sells them as a cable run that you run up the from your power um, outlet to the TV, you know, th what, two or three feet above it, but presumably um, the manufacturers are starting to do that as well? That's right. That's right. So now that's, it's a, think of it as a complete coherent system. So that's theme two, large TVs, impossibly thin, ultra high 4K resolution, right. meaning meaning it's it's better than the conventional TV. And it, it's it's I hate to reuse the word vivid, but it's startling. It's it's almost like a hyper reality because it it's so perfect. It looks better than 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 sort of just looking around and seeing somebody, you know, walking down the street. Is it like living in the Matrix? Very close. And speaking of living in the matrix, the third major, major theme. <laughs> yes, sir. people people will think hey, we're nice transition, this. Mark. That was Thank tricky. You. But the third major theme was AR and VR, augmented oh, reality and, yeah. and virtual reality. It, it took over a whole hall. The uh, yeah. South Hall, I believe, was all virtual reality. Were there a bunch uh, of zombies walking around with those Oculus uh, headsets on? Or well, so the su the the, the subcategory here is you had content and you had hardware. And the hardware is now uh, untethered. So that what that means is, you know, VR headsets used to require either a phone in the front, which I, we have the kids uh, have, uh, you know, inexpensive headsets here at home. Yeah, like the Google where, uh, Google Cardboard, right? Google Cardboard and even Mattel had something. Hmm. You know, we played with them last year or the year before. Okay. But or you would have a, a very thick wire like a, an astronaut might. And behind you would trail, you know, this 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 long cord that went to effectively a, a PC. Yeah, like all, was, all it, was it Dave or whatever in uh, 2001 who got cut loose? That's, that's right. That's right. right. Floating away so, in the spaceship. Uh, yeah. Yep. Thanks, Hal. But um, <laughs> the, see, how it's going nuts here again. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I'm still waiting for the most exciting product you've seen. Oh, he's always going for the end. I'm trying to get the run up to this. 
<laughs> I keep going. Uh, the most exciting product I saw was the big TV because I'm a consumer too. How big I mean, is they, big? But now 50 inches or 70 inches? 77, 70 something was sort of the, the, the table stakes. I saw 100 plus uh, inch TVs. What does that look and then like? It, That's big. That's uh, not for a business, right? You wouldn't do that in your house. I guess you could. Uh, well, you could. I mean, you have people just, you know. In a media room or a media room, right? Yeah, entire walls are being given over to to televisions. Um, aside from that, I mean, was there one product that grabbed me by the neck? No. How about the robots? I, I thought I thought we kept hearing about robots, the little doggies yeah. and the little kitty cats. And yeah, the... that, wasn't, that wasn't exciting. Because the other thing, the other part of CES is, you know, and, and to me, the, the most both interesting and tragic parts of CES are on the fringes, in the smaller halls, in the upper level rooms, away from sort of the most expensive floor space. Is actually really are, useful stuff. No, it's actually the least useful stuff. So What's that's that? where you see the little fans and the little flashy oh. toys and the little gigaws and little things that you that. So if those you, are uh, companies who have small budgets who still want to be part of CES and the. Buy a table and, and, and that's and, right. Yeah. They buy they buy a table. They blow their entire marketing budget, uh, and I would contend that it's a complete waste of time and money. And they'll bring you know thirty five people from Taiwan, and I'm not being uh, unpleasant about Taiwanese people or companies, but you know there, there's a, a large uh, Taiwanese contingent there, and they'll they'll crowd into a place behind a table to sell little little tiny fans or flashy lights or hmm. whatever. Because the C of CES is consumer, and the electronics are not necessarily, not necessarily enterprise oriented. Can now, you buy thing I, things yep. at the, no. the the booths? No. Or do they no. even have prices on them or nothing? Well, they'll tell you what the prices are. But you have it's to a, ask. It, yeah. It's a yeah, you do. Yeah, it's a screened show. By that I mean uh, you have to prove that you're part of the the trade, if you will. Right. Um, it has to be from a legitimate corporate address. They have to be. They actually do. You know, uh, vet people that are on the on the margins if it's an unheard of company. So if you're uh, if you're registering off your Gmail address, they won't let you in. Um, so, but the 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 real point, and I've been going for as I said thirty some odd years yeah. working for a variety of enterprise oriented. Exceeded companies. only by the number of marathons you've run. No, I've only run uh, twelve. Well, so um, yeah. Oh well, yeah, right, true. True. 12 Boston's, but um, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about me. It's I, I'm not like I'm unloved here. But anyway, <laughs> mo most of it. the work that, that people like me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, most of the, the work for people like me, which are you know enterprise biz dev guys, are really done in the, in in the uh, meeting rooms, the the adjacent uh, you know hotels. Uh, I generally hold court as I did again this year in the food court at the Venetian, which is my favorite meeting spot. Um, now, what do you, to the extent you can say, what are you doing for business there? Because this is a business event for you, right? Yeah, it's, it's entirely business. There's no... Yeah, what are you I, doing? I, um, I had, uh, I don't know, 15, 18 scheduled meetings where I sat down with uh, folks from the company I work with, along with um, uh, target companies, to discuss partnerships. Oh. And so I'd say... biz dev. Biz dev yeah. stuff. Yeah, biz dev stuff. So I, I'd say I had, in fact, I know I had one uh, meeting that was literally on in a meeting room on the show floor with a, a router company. And um, uh, another sort of in the tent, uh, there was a large tent in the parking area right in front of the, the hall. And the rest of my meetings were scattered through the food court and restaurants and uh, 
uh, meeting rooms. And that's really the, the phenomenon for, for, you know, less consumer companies is you, you, you go to CES because it's a target-rich environment and all the people that you work with are all there. So you can, you can, um, you can have a, a, a full week of meetings without, uh, you know, traveling from place to well, place. Well, it's the so same as the J.P. Morgan biotech conference where that's right. everybody goes, lawyers, biotech, startups, banks, everybody goes. That's but right. so here's, here's a question. Did you feel that you have, you're looking into the future by attending this conference? Because you always see all these articles that tell you that products that are at CES are what's coming up and will define the market and trends and um, and mm-hmm. oftentimes they're wrong. No, but aren't they just don't they just define the market and trends for the coming year or two at most? I, you know, it's a fashion show. I, I, I think I'd answer oh, both of you in that right, way. Right. So I can tell you that the the LG TVs and the Samsung TVs and the Sony TVs that I saw are all going to be in Best Buy in 60 days. Oh, really? Um, okay. Even and, the, and the, the very thin ones? Even the very thin ones. Every This is where the Best Buy uh, procurement arm will come and say, okay, well, I'm glad to see finally that you, you know, the, the TV that you previewed for me um, is now available. So uh, you, you will have people that are maybe smaller uh, retailers from around the world uh, using the TV example that will tour the show and meet with representatives and place orders. What's so, a hundred inch TV cost? Cause Ziad's, uh, I see he's already here measuring the walls. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are those going to run? Is that 10,000 bucks? I think about eight to 10 grand. Absolutely. And what, how do they look? How's the quality? Oh, oh my God. It's, 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 it's uh, it, brighter than a movie screen. Um, can you see the you individual know, pixels? Oh no, you can't see, you can't see individual pixels. You're, you're, you know, typically they show sort of a uh, the 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 well-produced video is a woman walking through a flower garden with many colorful flowers, right? And, you know, wearing a very flowy dress, who then all of a sudden appears next to the ocean, and who all of a sudden leaves the ocean and then walks into an art museum. <laughs> but I, I always worry because they have these specially produced short videos for the That's TVs. Right. You right. bring it home, and then. And then you you watch the inside the nose of Wolf, whatever his name is on CNN. Blitzer, or, Wolf Blitzer, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you're, and then so you're you're. Uh, um, I'm waiting for the day you can roll up a TV. Ah, uh, they had one. Oh, really? Who was the yeah? Company? They had a. Ro- I think it was Samsung announced and displayed a roll up TV. And what did it look like? Uh, I did not see it. I, I saw the articles about it and the teasers in the thing. I just didn't didn't bother. But you don't. You never know. For example, the. The curved, do you remember the curved TV? Yeah. Yes. And Lots that of those didn't, there. It didn't seem to have gone anywhere. No, Mark's saying no, Sam, no, no, Samsung, I think, has gone with that. Yeah. Um, where it's kind of curves in around you. So, you know, uh, everybody's sort of in the sweet spot on the couch. And, you know, it's a little easier to, to, uh, to kind of see the edges of the screen. Right. And blocks but, a little um, of the off angle. Uh, that's right. In our house, there's but, the fish tank that, that, that reflects off the uh, flat well, TV we have. It, well, then the birds fly through the picture and, you, and you, that's you're true. just lost. You know. <laughs> that's um, Dead birds. But exactly. But um, the, the other thing that you, you notice is that you'll see these gigantic TV screens from brands that you've never heard of because uh-huh. the underlying. Uh, again, I'm, uh, I'm assuming based on the, on, on the booths we visited, uh, it's uh, there are Asian OEMs yeah. 
and there are, are you know Asian manufacturers that you've again never heard of some right. of these companies. And so they're looking for are, a prime or somebody to um, to right. bring them to market. That's somebody so, we've heard of a, a known brand. That's right. Yeah. So you you so you might be Best Buy using them as an example and say, ah, I've yeah. now found the Pacific the Best Buy brand, brand TV, TV, right? Pacific or whatever yeah, it is, yeah. and, and they'll slap their label on it. Okay. Um, so yeah, Mark, so Mark, interruption. Yes. So describe to us. The house of the future, based on what well, you've seen house at of the next CES. two years, yeah. So how how are we going to live in two years with those with those IoT yeah, slash TVs? Focus on connectedness because okay. we saw again this presentation yesterday by a company that was pitching uh, to connect up some devices, and it's curious how I'd they're all going to come together. I'd love to see that deck too, but um, so I would say that based on uh, you know the premise of the question is. Based on what I saw at CES, what's the house, the home of the future? Yeah. Uh, I think it starts with um, a secure car, because I saw a lot, and I wanted to not leave that out. I saw a lot of the larger vendors that that you've maybe heard of, maybe not heard of, like the German vendors, Bosch in particular, yeah. have a complete system to make sure that your vehicle is secure and uh, and and operating properly and serving up all of the bits that you want served up from infotainment to you know, a uh, connection to the uh, home. So why do you mention ger- secure as a quick interruption or an interruption on Ziad's interruption? Why do you mention secure? Because um, that's not the first thing that comes to mind. People want to know their car is connected and they can turn it on from the um, bedroom or wherever they want to turn it on from. Um, I, I mentioned secure because it was, it was uh, uh, in the trade press in the connected car press. There've been a lot of discussions of potential security threats. Yeah. Some of which are, 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 valid some of which are a little overblown but you know again from the the journey begins where you drive home in a in a car that knows who you are what your preferences are knows where you are and alerts your home that you're on the way turns on your uh, thermostat because you know ziad likes his house at a toasty 72 degrees uh, as you pull in it uh, uh, opens the garage door unlocks your security you get in your car then syncs up with uh, the car cloud that's affiliated with their brand, uh, so Tesla or, or Audi or whomever, um, and and maybe downloads an update once it sees the access point, your Wi-Fi access point, to make sure that, first of all, trip data was uh, updated. Maybe you were, um, maybe you were uh, listening to NPR and you want to continue hearing NPR in the home, so it transfers the exact spot uh, on the radio to your in-home audio system so that you've not lost the thread of the conversation on the radio or or uh, it would be nicer instead of npr that you say someone's listening to the failure of the podcast failure there you podcast go is much more yeah, important so, than npr these days absolutely no so fake you don't news want to hear the, <laughs> the podcast well one doesn't know but um <laughs> that's true look who's but, talking yes exactly He's advertising um, npr come on <laughs> uh, okay so so you're, you're listening to this fantastic failure of the podcast in the vehicle then it transfers at the exact spot so that david's pithy remarks are not lost on anybody no um cute so that that follows you through and and you know all the things that you would imagine i'm about to say so the microwave is teed up your your peas and corn the oven is made whatever your main course is how about the sous vide unit is it going and and already up to 175 
if I knew what that meant, I'd say yes. Sous vide. Uh, sous vide. That's a, <laughs> a, that's that's a, a French paleo. word. It's, we'll have to do the failure of the podcast vide. at a restaurant and, yeah. and yeah. get somebody to do sous vide food for us. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, all the things that you can imagine. But, but uh, you know, again, I don't want to leave all the, the connected car part. Is, is Again, it's, it's a personal interest of mine. But this notion that your car syncs everything up and that maybe if it's an electric vehicle, it's being charged up. Um, is very, very interesting because that, that was a big emphasis, certainly, of the CES that I attended. But, but um, the, the, issue, the issue is that everybody's struggling to make it really useful. Nest is very useful. Yes. Um, well, wait a minute. Why uh, do you the say other, that? I, I mean, for, uh, for me to have fine. entertainment, I mean, everything start, seems to start with entertainment and then falls short. I'd like to know if we ran out of dishwasher liquid and that... Uh, uh, the dishwasher contacts Amazon and and ships dishwasher liquid, so then my life is easier instead of just I'm more entertained. I'd be happy if it just did that well, stuff that keeps the uh, dishes from being uh, you know it keeps them shiny at the end. The little thing you prefill with the uh, Jet Clear or whatever. Oh, yep. the little pods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's no eating pods. Yeah, I, I, I try not to. Um, they, they're they're not on my diet. Yeah, uh, my 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 fitness pal doesn't allow me to track them. <laughs> it would be um, like a good way for bulimia, I guess. Yeah, keep going. Exactly. So, um, kind of to that point, you know, Amazon is well known now for having all of these little buttons for common commonly used household items. Tide, and uh, you can have your bounty paper paper towel and your yeah. you know dish stuff. So you you can imagine maybe that you you have to push in a, a button which goes over your Wi-Fi network. That says, "Oh yeah, please reorder this. I'm on Amazon Prime, and the stuff shows up tomorrow." Uh, or I'm on Amazon's Prime Pantry, which is another service. But um, yeah, so all of that stuff I, 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 again is is envisioned by the you know the these uh, CES demos that you see. The big issue is, in my view, is that it, you've now created a bunch of home silos. So if, if you don't have all one brand. Yeah, it's difficult. They, it's it's almost difficult. Let's, yes. let's go to that issue. How are they addressing that? Is Apple, is Apple They're making not. a big push behind the scenes to have HomeKit be the central no. source of this? Who's going to own our oh, home? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's going to own the connected yeah, so, the connectedness of the home at least? Uh, I, I think it will be uh, a vendor that understands that I need to bridge between Google, Apple, Samsung, LG. And some legacy devices. Well, who's vying because, for that? Is anybody, or is the internet? Is Wi-Fi de facto going to become the um, arbiter, or at least the uh, the uh, carrier of all signal, and it'll simply make its way up to the internet and from there to the respective vendor? Not that simple. So I, I think Wi-Fi is probably the radio carrier medium because most homes have it. Yeah. Uh, although you know, as a guy that, that's been working for global cellular operators for a number of years, uh, you know, there's also a push to just uh, embed cellular connectivity in in everything so that you're not dealing with Wi-Fi and you're dealing with a more secure connection. Mm. So, uh, you know, which is a different a different uh, discussion perhaps for a different time. But um, yeah, I think the 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 home hub, and I haven't seen any, but a home hub that's secure that understands multiple networks that has power backup that can accommodate sort of a few classes of devices from uh, medical devices. Both, yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, which always you know, have to be connected, even if the home power goes out. At least they've well, got right. another few hours left in them. So battery. That's right. Yeah. And, the, and I did not see any of these. Yeah, right. right that's right. right. Good point. So, and you have two aspects of, of health. You have wellness and you have health. 
So the wellness, the Fitbits and the, you know, the related items, you know, it's nice to have that the Fitbit and, you know, any of the uh, diet oriented things sort of come through. But the priority needs to be obviously if you've got sleep apnea or, or diabetes or, or cardiac issues that uh, that actually you know has to be that takes precedence. But then also the other you know items. So the the home appliances like, you know, again, the Nest thermostats yeah, or the, the lights. Yeah. The fridge, the security system. So what's so, the issue there? Why can't Wi-Fi do all? I mean, you were going to try to put this off, but why can't Wi-Fi handle all of that so that as long as we retain net neutrality, or maybe that's not even relevant, we can uh, charge. But you have it. to you have to configure every unless you use the same vendor. That's you right. have to configure and put your password. And every time you, I had that issue when no. we switched routers, suddenly all the Nest devices stopped working. That's right. Well, so you've got a dependency have, yeah, there. That's true. Well, won't there be an app? I guess there. Yeah, there could be an app or something that would feed the um, feed the uh, passwords right. and everything. Is that the issue? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's 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 beyond that. The issue is number one. I mean, the three of us are are would probably describe ourselves as reasonably technical. We're probably the relative that gets called when something doesn't work by in-laws or or other folks. Mm. Um, the average person does not really know how to configure their router and secure their router. And, you know, when cable goes down, what do you do? And so, I, you know, again, I, I think it's... It, Who's addressing they, all that, Mark? Nobody. Well, there we have a business, guys. Well, because well, it's very fragmented and decentralized. That's right. So you have Linksys, you have Verizon, you have uh, Cable, Cisco, you have, Cisco, yes, you have yeah. Apple. You I have, have an idea. Why don't we make everything so it plugs into the wall? Yeah, a long time ago, someone was trying to invent the cube. So it's a small cube that gives you phone, cable, internet, Wi-Fi, firewall, antivirus, the whole thing. And it's but it's very hard. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So so there is no one size fits all. And you know what? What I think would really be a, the winner or the killer device would be a device that understands all the vendors, whether it's HomeKit or Nest or or something. And addresses the legacy, the installed base of unconnected things. Um, I, I can again in the connected car world, they have dongles, you know, plugs that go into a certain plug underneath the dash called the OBD2 port right. that are are addressing installed base items. So they're they're providing connectivity and access for you know vehicles. I think post 2007 that have this uh, this this plug. Uh, to be able to you know, bring them into the modern world. So, so let, me, example, let me relate yep. to that. I mean, I'm Go interrupting ahead. you. Is is the answer? There was an article in the journal Wall Street Journal last Friday or Thursday saying is Amazon headed to dominate the world? Is the real answer that in the end, um, Geek Squad is going to dominate the world because the hardware manufacturers won't be able to get their acts together, um, and the Geek Squad as a service provider will be the sort of everybody's uncle and come in and configure their home and they'll make several hundred bucks per home per year. I think that's actually a valid, uh, uh, thought they, they actually could a professional services group that's trusted that understands how to make everything work could win. Um, but I think, you know, the Alexa comment is, uh, or the Amazon comment that you made was, uh, worth uh, kind of bringing up in terms of it was also other, journal, uh, but yeah, keep going. No, but, but in terms of CES, the other thing I did notice is there is a war underway mm. between Google's assistant, 
yeah. and Amazon's Alexa to be the the voice recognition, the voice service of uh, all consumer devices. And how will that play out? There's a war underway between Apple and uh, the uh, the Google camp in terms of our phones, and the answer is that certain percentages are owned, large percentages that are owned by consumers in various countries, and it varies country to country. Um, so there's, the answer is they'll so, both be there, right? That, that's right. There's no winner. There's no loser. And this, so, won't that be true here? I think that's absolutely true here. Now, the one, and I, I noted this with a market researcher who I attended an MIT event with last night, uh, who also attended CS and we compared notes. Uh, Apple typically avoids uh, mainstream shows and prefers to only have their right. own right. events. Right. So you did not see Siri anywhere. But what you did see was Alexa, you know, Amazon Alexa announcements everywhere. So Alexa baked into car dashes, Google Assistant baked into other car dashes, um, so that you can, again, you know, say, okay, Google, you know, show me whatever or hey alexa i want this and there there's been a this is the result of a year of business development effort on the parts of google and amazon to have their voice interface uh uh put into almost any conceivable device do you have any sense which one of those which of those two is winning that particular battle my sense is that amazon really was very aggressive because you saw alexa everywhere um uh, quite a bit more than Google. And how's but the quality of these things? Zia, do you have any of these? I don't have any of these at all. No, I was thinking of buying I use Siri. And they're they're good. I mean, they're well, the, the only thing is, that's a first of all, I have good. an accent, so half the time she doesn't understand me. <clears throat> Excuse well, me. Half the time <clears throat> most of us don't understand you. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then the other half, they just go online and say, I found a web page. Um, I think it's, it's, I think that's the future the, I always think of, of connected devices, which one, what device, it, okay, let's rephrase that. If I lose the device, would I be really upset or would it yeah, change right. my life? So if I lose Nest, it will, it will impact me. If I lose uh, some devices, if you lose them, you don't really care. So right now, the only two is my iPhone and Nest, the iPad. <laughs> Everything else is not really in your car. Well, you don't drive uh, the that car. Much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but but the car is not a connected. I mean, it's not a t technical device yet. Mm. It's uh, don't um, tell Ford that uh, or or a feature in your car. That's right. <clears throat> so so that's that's there's a lot of uh, What's your noise. Point? Oh, your point is that what you judge devices on which ones you could lose and not care. Exactly, those will penetrate the market and the household. So the question is, from what you've seen, which ones will penetrate and stay? A lot of people love their TVs. Yeah, but I think the answer is all of the above. I think, yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's this notion, especially in the, you know, the popular press like uh, Wall Street Journal, as well as the uh, trade press, to try and, you know, uh, define winners and losers. And yes. I, I don't think you can do that. So in, in our household, we're Apple users between me and my wife and our, our children. We all have Apple iPhones and we, you know, the kids and, and my wife and I all use Siri. I also have a Google Home or Google, you know, the little Google speaker thing, which I like. It's in the bedroom. And you what know, do you I, do with ask, that thing? I primarily ask it what the weather is. I, I ask it, uh, you know, is this open or that open? What do you I mean? Not, what's the, oh, you mean stores? 
Well, yeah, it's Best Buy open. What, whatever. Uh, yeah, how late is whatever. We'll, I've not or, ordered anything with it. I do have it playing music occasionally. So, uh, you know, I'll say, uh, okay, Google Play, you know, uh, uh, classic jazz. And then it'll say, okay, opening up Pandora, classic jazz. And then it just starts playing until you say stop. And that's kind of handy. Um, you know, you can ask it questions. My nine-year-old is really fascinated to ask it questions like, can you play whale noises or things like that, which it'll do. Um, so it's, it's, it's more of a curiosity and entertainment advice, a device. And the things I ask it are pretty innocuous. Hey, here's it's a, a it, here's a vaguely related question. Only vaguely. What do you guys think? Sorry, changing the topic sorry. on you. What do you think of that announcement out of Apple that they're going to sell? They don't call it a dumbed down iPhone, but a less interesting iPhone. Did you catch that? This was after every, every two three years. They do. It was there was an Apple five iPhone five C, which was yeah. a cheaper. And uh, because they want to capture the no the no, high no, end no, no, no you misunderstand and the low end. you misunderstand no no that's not what I'm, that's not what they're announcing this is not this is not simply an attempt to get into India which was what that was going to this was this was in response to um, activist investors or maybe it was Cal, what is it Cal not Calpers what do you call that what's the yeah the California Pension Fund and somebody else went after Apple two or three weekends ago and said. Um, your iPhone is destroying young America uh, because oh, yeah. kids are getting sucked into these phones, sort of like their own version of the Matrix. And um, Apple, I think, ignored that for a few days, and then they came back with something of a response. And then I believe a week and a half to two weeks later, I thought I had heard they'd announced they were going to come down with a less um, engaging phone. Like a flip phone, but that's not a flip phone. Well, I don't know what he said, but I mean, to me, I, I, this is only vaguely related, but things you could live without. I would actually love it with some of these devices if we can't, could live without them, like particularly the phone. As yeah, I and, and I think that kids. there's going to be one day the disconnected home. So the Exactly. The disconnected home will become popular where... Uh, the, the, everything's going to be connected, so you're, the safe place will be inside your house where you're disconnected. Well, okay, so yeah, yeah, I, that's a good point. And so it, it, to me, it would be I don't mind the devices in my house being connected. I just want my kids to be disconnected. Oh, I want them to be connected to the rest of us and not not connected into the matrix. Well, uh, so you see, you luck. saw, yeah, oh, you man. saw it. Com <laughs> yeah. Comcast has a, a service as part of their router if you're on their network that you can pause Wi-Fi during dinner. You may have seen the uh, yeah. advertisements on that. Um, and actually at the MIT event that I attended last night, there's a lot of talk about that very point. Like, well, I, you know, it was ostensibly about innovation and the inversion factor, which is the title of the book, and uh, IoT, although it's less about IoT and more about, you know, cultural things. I, I you know, we're, we're still... Uh, what a decade or so, uh, twenty years into the, the ubiquitous mobile phone and and ubiquitous web web services, you know, in our hand. Um, parenting is still parenting. There's always distractions, so there's nothing you can nothing nothing that the I think the manufacturers and the software developers can really do. You just need to take the phone out of your kids' damn hands and say enough. Well, which I've so done. You, what, there's a this probably wasn't at CES, but I've been eyeing this thing called the Untangle device. It's um, the problem with um, your typical router at home. 
um, like the airport, I'm going to call it the airport extreme because I think that's the, the classic or the airport express if they, if they still make those, is that you can, um, it, it's the amount of control you have over devices is limited. Certainly you can limit the number of devices that are on the uh, router and you can limit when they're on the router. Yep. Um, but you, um, in terms of limiting access when they're on to anything is tough unless you use a service like OpenDNS. I picked up, and I've been eyeing this thing called the Untangle uh, device for a while. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, I called them up. They seemed like good people. In the end, I ended up with an open source product called, oh, shoot, uh, Gargoyle. Um, it's the Gargoyle Project, and they sell this thing that's not much bigger than a matchbook. Um, well, maybe uh, five matchbooks stacked on top of each other. That's its own little mini router with, a, I, I guess, this open-source Gargoyle software that gives me control over not just what devices are on and when they're on, but control over the types of signals they get, UDP, uh, TCP, um, what ports they're accessing through. So while I'm not, while it permits me to disconnect the kids from the internet, it also permits me, while they're connected, um, to control to some extent um, what they're accessing. Mm. Uh, much more so than OpenDNS because it's at a per-device level. Um, so what's the point? The point is that you're talking about CES, and I, I keep thinking to myself as I listen to this that CES is in many ways sort of a first world problem, or it defines the first world in the next is, year or it, two. It, and that is the epicenter of the first world. That's right. It's yeah. the epicenter of the first world. Right. None of this solves my problem in terms well, but of. But that's why I keep saying that we're trying to change behavioral issues, we're trying to make our life better, not more entertainment and more spoiled and more luxury. So the items that improve our life or are better for the environment or are have a, so, a social impact, as opposed to things that just allow me to continue listening to this amazing podcast from the car to the house to the bathroom. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, right, right. But a lot of the things, but Nest to me doesn't even meet that. Well, Nest to me seems like, yeah, yeah. So I can walk down and turn the, the dial or I can, you know, a programmable Honeywell from the 1980s. Or, or if you have a second home, which is also uh, a first world issue. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I, it's, it's, I, I guess that the point is, is that we need, a, we need first world problems to have something to talk about and to sort of the drive uh, the second and the third worlds. That's probably a pretty nasty way to put it. Yeah, but so so, uh, I think they're they're over the. Uh, I know yeah, we yeah. don't need her. And I wonder friendly. what what is the equivalent of CES outside the U.S. And do they have different devices that solve different problems and, and actually yes. solve real problems as opposed to so, connectedness problems? Well, so the uh, an equivalent show CES first of all runs in a couple of locations around the world, although this one's the main one. There's something called CBIT, C E B I T, in Hanover, Germany. It's another annual, it's, I, and I've attended that, although not in the last few years. And it's a huge event. It's about uh, 10 days long. And while CES is restricted to, quote-unquote, in the trade, a CBIT starts out with, a, with the beginning is, is only for, you know, it's closed to the trade, only to the trade, and then opens up to consumers uh, in the second half of it. I don't know if it's the second week, full week, or whatever, but... Um, and what did and you it, used to see at CBIT that you would not see or at uh, CES and vice versa? Um, it, there, because of its location in Germany, you saw more European uh, manufacturers and more European and Middle Eastern buyers since it was easier to get there. No. Uh, and, you you know, so, for example, the European part, you'd see, you know, Siemens or Bosch or any of the very heavy duty manufacturers 
that are based in, in, in Europe and Germany specifically would have their entire suite of factory automation and, and uh, you know, home, uh, you know, HVAC, you know, heating, ventilation, air conditioning systems. So you'd see really, uh, you know, a lot of product depth for these, these items that you would never normally see. Um, hmm. And these things, you know, same thing, consumer items. And, you know, uh, people live differently in different parts of the world. So, you, you know, you, you, if I were to go to CVIT this year, I would see a lot around, you know, the integration of my my uh, solar panel into the rest of my home and, you know, uh, uh, other other aspects that are more uh, environmentally friendly because there's a greater emphasis in Europe, in my opinion, on environmentally friendly solutions um, so the, the consumers are buying those things, therefore the vendors are providing them. So quickly, does that, that raises two questions. One, was there anything, um, was there any hall or area directed to environmental friendliness at CES yes. and number one and number two? This robot, which it would be easy to dismiss as a first world problem, that is the little robots that help with health care, seem more than, more than slightly useful for an aging population. Speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, but so did you, was there anything on that? The little robots that help yeah, with mental saw, health and everything else? Uh, I saw a couple of them prowling around. That The robot that surprised me, which looked more like a, an iRobot, was actually at the at the Bosch uh, stand or booth, and it was a, a vacuum cleaner that, for some reason, went up the side of the wall. And hey, you have cobwebs. Asking, you have cobwebs up there, right? That, that Now you found the only use case I can imagine. So I guess they were trying to, and and you'll forgive in advance the joke I'm about to make. Oh good! But they I'm they, they wanted it. Yeah, the they, people they wanted to said you had, they were happy you hadn't been there in years just because exactly. of this very joke. I'm I'm, I'm persona non grata, but <laughs> I, I I wasn't quite sure if the if the vacuum cleaner going up the wall was just uh, uh, evidence that that they sucked more or sucked better. <laughs> that was the joke. Well, Thank my joke much. is that I'm sure they would love it in refugee camps to use to clean the tents. Oh, yeah, that's useful. Uh, that's yeah. probably so, yeah. but it's a, problem. a first world problem, a vacuum cleaner that goes up the wall. Yeah, but it's a pivot. It's a pivot for Bosch when it doesn't <laughs> yeah. sell yeah. in the first can, world. Can you imagine, you know, bringing a 93-inch, a, a, a you know, 4K TV out to a refugee camp saying, here you go, folks. Good news. Yeah. This is the latest and greatest. No food, but you can watch high definition. Yeah, you can watch CNN. You, you can yeah. You can watch a bunch of Americans stuffing themselves. Well, so yeah, here's a, here's a related. Yeah. Now that I mentioned CNN, this is my own transition. Um, I my own segue. Have you heard that comment? The uh, Massachusetts, I don't say the Port Authority. It wasn't the Port Authority, but it was one of the companies that runs the oh ferry service is shutting off CNN and other network, um, national network stations um, that would otherwise run on televisions during commuting hour because there was too no. much politics. Had you heard that one? No. That was just this morning. Well, no. Some people were fighting. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, people getting thrown off the boats, I guess. Oh, yeah, sorry, people guys. jumping. Well, we need to... Uh, <laughs> well, the good news is our podcast is not funded by the government, so... Even if there's a government shutdown tomorrow or tonight, oh, that's right. We keep going. That's right. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Oh God. So overall, so in conclusion, yes. The question was it up. worth your time? Uh, if if someone yes. were to pay from their own pocket to go visit CES, is it worth it? Um, and and will you go again? 
I, 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 this is what they, I'll use my 50 cent word. It's recidivist behavior. I go every year. Um, mm. Whether, I, I, yes, and I get paid to go for the various companies I work for, but um, it, would an average person want to go? I, I think they'd be overwhelmed. And I mean, it's, you know, 200,000 people, you know, a, a large percentage are in each hall. I mean, getting food, for example, at the convention center is, is a pain. Getting around via taxis and the shuttle buses. Well, I'll give you a, one very quick example. On one of the rainier days, taking the shuttle bus from the Mirage Hotel where I stayed to the convention center, which is 1.3 miles, took an hour and a half. Couldn't you have I just mean, walked? Oh, it was, it was pouring rain. That's so okay. it was unpleasant. Norm- I did walk later that same day in the rain. And how about gambling? You didn't mention anything yeah. about gambling. I, yeah. Isn't the whole point to, to split the time between gambling and uh, uh, the CES? There are people that enjoy some of the other aspects of Las Vegas more than I do. I, I have not ever mastered the art of gambling. I don't understand sitting down and handing over my hard-earned money <laughs> uh, every 30 seconds uh, of the turn of the dice or, or set of cards. Um, and, and I would say that from a, you know, it's, it's, I say shows like CES or I was just recently at Amazon's reInvent in Las Vegas or any of the other uh, technology events, I would say their gambling business suffers, but their business around, you know, housing and rent, you know, rental of uh uh, conference space, you know, rooms uh, really does very well during those events. So but I'd say nerds yeah. don't gamble. So here's one. Um, this is the failure podcast. So it sounds like the big failure you experienced was getting on the bus during a rainy day. Um, do you have failure, any, yeah, yeah, do you have anything for failure, our listeners to help avoid that? Um, what's what's well, the success story that comes out of that failure? So we can tie uh, this into the podcast theme is listen to this podcast to avoid having no attend CES. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah, that, but I will say the big fail is uh, Las Vegas knows this show comes every year, the first or second week of January, yet they can't figure out how to handle the transportation logistics. Um, they ju- You just cannot get around efficiently in a cab. Even oh. the shuttle buses are problematic. Uh, if, if the weather uh, is nice, it's you know, you see a lot of people walking, which is a great thing. I'm a walker. I'll walk between halls. Uh, but they, they just haven't figured out the logistics. So the question is, are the are these events too big to be useful? Have the trade is the trade show concept a failure at this point? Most of the work is Doesn't not done like at the event. Oh. Well, they, they, you have as a vendor, you have this sense of obligation. I must be there or it will demonstrate to the public that I'm not valid anymore. But the question really is, is does anything re- really get done at CES that couldn't be done in another manner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, in, um, in my business, there is a uh, large international, um, there are a few large international and certainly national trade shows where, you know, you could look at vendor displays. But the real, the real deal with them is there are an excuse for everybody to come together and for you to have those, would you say, 15 meetings you had? Yes, um, and that's the real purpose. It turns out the entertainment is walking around and looking at the new robots. Yeah, the first time you go is to learn. The first maybe three times you go is to learn new information. That's After right. After that, it's just to meet people, and and it becomes a people expect to see the same faces at those conferences, and then you well, and they have real business meetings. They, well, they that's have right. Real business meetings. You know, we have our yearly business meeting when we meet at these things. 
Yeah, because so you know, right. going going from the Westlaw display to the, yep. you know, uh, I can't remember all the various vendors. You know, here's here's the latest you know paper to file your lawsuits <laughs> on. Can't be all that interesting. No, 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 no. And you can see that stuff in ads. You know, you can see it. You can see the newer stuff. But the flip side is, you then rent a conference room. Oh, look, Martin, room. Mar- Martindale Hubble has a new website. Yeah, I'm here. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that happen in the periphery of the conference. So. That's so right. in uh, any case, we really enjoyed this trip to uh, CES. In the, this trip in Mark. the Matrix. Yeah. So I, for I, our I listeners took, don't have to pay. I took one and, for the team. Yes. Yeah, thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. Oh, I did. Oh, I have one last question. I know Ziad's trying to bring this to a close. He's been climbing the walls for the last 20 minutes. Um, did you eat him. any good food? Yes, oh, I did. I, there he goes, yeah. I have now my favorites. Wait, you keep talking about food court, so you, there is good food. Well, oh, I didn't that eat in the food court. Food was, oh, though. you just so, meet in the food court. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 so uh, two, my favorite Mexican restaurant in the world is called Lindo Michoacan, which is on uh, uh, 2655 East Desert Inn Road, a little off the strip. Uh, It'll I be impossible to get a reservation now that you've mentioned and that. You don't need a reservation. You just walk in. Okay. It's, it's not the fanciest place, but... It was good. really good. High what'd you, quality. What you have? In the whole world? I mean, yeah, that's, that's a big pretty, statement. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, it, it is How about it the is, universe? Uh, uh, in the universe. In the, in the galaxy. It is one of oh, my galaxy. favorite places. Okay, but the universe is um, a better one. Yeah, probably. And the other uh, place that I eat at as often as I can when I'm in Las Vegas is called Tao, T-A-O. What do they have? In the, it's a pan-Asian. Uh, so I had, uh, and, and the listeners don't really care about my eating apps, but I am a vegetarian. So, what uh, you eat? I'm, had, had, I'm starving veg, right now. Veg, vegetable egg rolls, which are fantastic there. That is, by the way, the United States' most successful by revenue restaurant, Tao in Las Vegas. You mean right behind Guy Fieri's um, thing in uh, Manhattan or uh, Times Square? All I know is if you Google most successful restaurant in the U.S., you get Tao, and they have one. Wait, so you went to the best Mexican restaurant in the world and the, and most, the success- most successful restaurant in the United States. And, and, so. you, and you said this was a failure. How could you say that? I, well, <laughs> those those, were, those, those are two crazy. good reasons to, to, to I, attend the show. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you, the third place, uh, uh, since we are talking about food, I, I, I occasionally, when I'm there, I have the opportunity to go to the Wynn Hotel Buffet. Oh, and how this is sounds that? like it's fantastic. Buffets are dangerous at your age of uh, well, uh, at any at any age but um, 29, whatever the, you are. the win the win hotel which is one of the fancier hotels has an extremely expensive buffet so this is sort of different than the buffet las vegas buffets of you know the of the 70s when ziad was a toddler um you know because they used to have 99 cent all you can eat buffets yeah right these are, these are you know 60 dollar all you can eat buffets yeah, what do you um, what's so exciting about that I mean, no, I mean, yeah, it could be good. But they probably is, have high, good food. Yeah, is the food good? High, well, the food is high-quality food, so yeah. you're not getting cheap. You're getting, you know, good. You're getting nicely displayed. You're getting great variety. As a vegetarian, I do very well. For meat eaters and seafood eaters, you really get your money's worth. If you're into pastry bakery stuff, the, the, the dessert section is unbelievable. And you can sit there for several hours, take a plate or two, and then rest, and then keep going. Uh, that actually was two meals worth of food for me. Oh. Uh, so those are the three marathon. highlights. So, yeah, exactly. Okay, we're good. Well, thanks. Nice, sure. nice work. Yeah, thank you very much. We will. Uh, we'll be in touch next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye. Bye.